Hey church, I hope you are well and experiencing uh, God's grace in a fresh and new way. You know, um, what a start uh, 2021 has has been. Uh, it's such a phenomenal year. I really love the vibe of this year. I love the energy of this year. Uh, and if you're into frequencies and vibes and things like that, uh, you would already uh, get a sense to what the year is all about. You know, you don't, I don't have to prophesy much. Uh, you don't have to get into the prophetic. If you are connected to the mind of Christ, you already know what kind of a year this is going to be. And I, I can guarantee you, this is going to be the one of the greatest years, the beginning of the greatest years of our life, even individually, but also as a, as a church. But I do believe that this year, 2021, uh, for Life Church Global is the year of justice. This is the year where you will experience justice on a whole nother level, only because we've understood the revelation of what it means to be just before a just God. Uh, you know, God is a God of justice. He's a God of fairness. I'm talking about fairness in the way He, he judges. Uh, and God is looking for to judge his people according to his judgments, according to his justice. And he sees you uh, as, as just before him because of what Jesus has done on the cross. You are righteous before God. That word righteousness is the word justice. And this year you will experience justice from God in every other area. There will be crazy exposure taking place. God is going to reveal hidden things that are happening in the hidden places. But for you and I, God is going to elevate us. There's an elevation that is going to take place for you as a, as a church, as, as Life Church Global. God is going to elevate you. You're going to be elevated because of the justice of God. So, so we, it's not only just justice around us at our workplace or businesses or the economy, but also that justice depends on the justice that is within us. What we experience personally with, before God, you know, a lot of times we want justice to take place in our life around us when it comes to finances or when it comes to miracles, signs and wonders or health or even workplace or business. But we fail to ignore the justice that is needed on the inside of us between us and God and, and a clean heart. God, David in the Psalms says, God, I ask you to give me a clean heart and a contrite spirit. And you know, we, we need to have a clean heart before God because the clean heart is what re releases the justice, the judgment of God in your favor. And I really believe that as a church, that if we step into this place where we understand that we have the mind of Christ and we have the mind of Christ and this mind keeps our heart clean. The mind of Christ keeps the heart clean. So this is something awesome to celebrate. You know, this is the year where we will experience what it means to live from forgiveness, not for forgiveness. Uh, this is the year where you'll experience to live from victory and not for victory. The name for 2021 in the Hebrew calendar is the name Hotsen, H-O-T-S-E-N. And what it means is a sharp weapon. And, and I really believe that what God is saying to Life Church Global is that the year 2021 for us is a year where He's giving us a secret weapon that, that is a sharp weapon, not a blunt weapon, not a weapon that just does destruction, but God is giving us a sharp weapon. And that weapon is the mind of Christ. The Word of God, the Bible says, is sharp. It divides the soul and the spirit. It divides, it's the only, it's the sharpest weapon that, that is in God's arsenal that can actually divide the soul and the spirit, divide the bone and the marrow. It divides your thoughts. Just imagine, it divides your thoughts from the thoughts of Christ. And you need this weapon in your life. You need this instrument in your life because 2021, there, there, there will be so much of things that will come which sounds like the word of God, which sounds, it comes with a lot of emotions. It comes with a lot of, a, a lot of manipulation and you have to discern. You have to, and this weapon that God is giving us as a church will help you to discern. Sometimes you'll make decisions on the inside of you. You'll be like, no, 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 no. I don't feel like we need to go down that road. Everybody else seems to be going down that road. But you and I will say, no, no, no. I don't, I don't feel like the Lord is taking us in that direction. And trust me, that is the direction that God is taking us in as a church. 
Everybody else will do everything else, but Life Church Global seem like we are on another planet altogether. And so I really believe that this is powerful. I've already started prophesying things I shouldn't be saying. But I want to let you know that this year is going to be awesome. Come on, church. Got to celebrate it. You know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And these strongholds are the strongholds of the mind. And God has given us a weapon that will pull down the strongholds. You don't have to pull it down by deciding. The mind of Christ pulls down these, these strongholds in your mind. And everything, every thought that was a stronghold, every habit that was a stronghold, death was a stronghold in your life. Guess what? This weapon is coming to annihilate those strongholds so that you can be free to be Christ on the earth. And this is very important, church. You have to be Christ on the earth. Not Christ-like. You have to carry the full measure of Christ on the earth. I'm not saying that you are God, but you are God-like. You're a Godling. You're a child of God. You're a, you're a product of God. You're a reproduction of God. Christ on the earth. What a privilege it is. What an honor it is for us to be as Christ is. The Bible says, as he is, so are you on the earth. And so the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind be in you, that was also in Christ Jesus, which means Christ Jesus Christ had Christ, the mind of Christ. And he's saying, hey, listen, let this mind also be in you. It's very important for us to understand that God through Jesus Christ and through our believing in Jesus has, has released the mind of Christ to everyone who believes. You already have it. You don't have to work hard for it. You already have the mind of Christ. And I really believe that as you mature in the mind of Christ, then you will grow into understanding how to operate from the mind of Christ. A lot of times it will reflect in the way we function as a new creation. It completely changes the way you and I read our Bibles. You know, if you're reading your Bible as, hey, this is a story in the Bible and Jesus walked the streets and Jesus did that and Jesus did this. And he says, oh, a tree, you shall know a tree by its fruit. And wow, that's an awesome thing I need to apply in my life. Let me tell you something. When you have the mind of Christ, you are looking at yourself as Jesus on the earth. You are looking, when Jesus heals the sick, you've seen yourself heal the sick. Come on church, you've got to understand what I'm saying right now. When you have the mind of Christ, the mind of Christ carries the memory of everything that he has done here. Everything that he has already said is in the, in the book. It's in his mind already. What was in his mind was manifested in the flesh. And he spoke these words. It's already done. So if you have the mind of Christ and your old mind is gone, guess what? You've already done everything that Jesus has done. That's why the Bible says, Jesus says, you will do greater things than what he has done. Why? Because the mind of Christ is progressive. The mind of Christ is progressive. But today I want to I I teach you on something which is very, very important. I'm going to get into some spiritual stuff now. Uh, and I don't want you to get freaked out. But I want you to understand that you have the mind of Christ. You cannot get freaked out because Christ does not get freaked out. Our, our communication has to change, right? Well, I'm, I'm not a weak person trying to become strong. No, no, I'm a strong person understanding that I am strong. A weightlifter does not know how much weight he can carry until he puts on the weights. And only till he can't carry something, then he'll say, I can't carry it. But till then, we're going to try. And so this is us stepping into that place where saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not through Buddha, not through anybody else. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So today, the title of my message is The Strong Man. Okay, it's the strong man, right? So let's open our Bibles uh, to Matthew chapter 12 and we'll read a, an awesome, awesome story from verses 22 onwards. 
Verse 22 says this, Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed. There we go. I, I told you we're going to get into some spiritual stuff. Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute. And he healed him so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard, heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub. What a name. The ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them. Just side note, the mind of Christ knows the thoughts of people around. Side note. Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, there you go, he's possessed by the Spirit of God. Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one man, one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? He who is not with me is against me. Hello. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So we'll leave that verse 34 a little later, but I want to I wanna teach something awesome today, okay? So they bring a guy who is demon-possessed, which means he's not in control of his physical body. In your physical body is a slave of the soul. Your soul is a slave of the spirit, okay? So your three-part being and so in the spirit now, when the spirit is not dominant before Jesus Christ, your spirit was not dominant. Your soul was dominant. And so now when your soul is dominant, if your soul, for example, if your emotions, are, you are a very emotional person and your emotions are not the emotions of God, then your emotions begin to attract spirits towards you. Okay, and so now this person, we don't want to know why he got demon possessed or how he got demon possessed. What's most important is what Jesus did to him. So he was demon possessed. They brought him and this demon, you must understand, these demons, they have power. They have abilities. And so this demon now took this guy, went into this guy and he made him blind and he made him mute. Okay, he blinded him and he stopped him from speaking. Okay. And so now when his friends brought this man to Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus healed him. That word healed over there is the word therapeutic. So Jesus healed the man of him being mute and blind. And so when Jesus healed the man. Now this guy started seeing and speaking and the demon left him. So basically when Jesus healed him, he, the demon could not stay there and have control over this man. What happened then? Jesus being fully God, fully man. He is the manifestation of Christ on the earth. So here we see this man is possessed by a strong man. Okay? And that strong man has power over him to make him blind and mute. So this man naturally can speak and, and can see. Which means the way God created him was functional. Till this demon came, the spirit came and overpowered him. And because he is stronger than the man, he, made, he stopped him from doing what God had created him to do. Very important. Okay. And so now they bring him to Jesus who is the manifestation of the mind of Christ on the earth. Okay, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, which means Jesus Christ is different 
from Jesus in the sense that Christ was a manifestation. The mind of Christ was a, the mind of God manifested into Christ, into Jesus Christ. Okay, so now you look you, Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, the new creation, the firstborn of many sons, stepped into the scene and somehow is more powerful than the strong man. Why? Because the Bible says that Jesus was sinless. He was righteous before God, which means before God, he was in a just location. He was just before God and because he was just before God, so Jesus being fully God and fully man was more powerful than an evil spirit with evil intentions because Jesus was in the position of righteousness. He was in the position where he was, he was just judged as just before God. So which means the justice of God, the righteousness of God positions you in power over every other spirit. Now people think that, hey, listen, these demonic spirits are powerful. These evil spirits are powerful and they are powerful. But guess what? You are more powerful than they. You have more power and authority than they. They might be a strong man, but guess what? You are a stronger man. And so Jesus now demonstrating to, to us, he doesn't even talk to the demon. He doesn't even address the demon. He doesn't even address this supposedly strong man. But he just goes to the guy and heals him of his blindness and being mute. He heals him. Therapeutics. He heals him. And as Jesus begins to step into healing, this is a whole other teaching, but, but as Jesus steps into healing the man, the demon leaves him. This is powerful. See, you must understand, Jesus never went out looking for demons to cast them out. Demons looked for Jesus so that they can leave the vicinity that Jesus was in. The man at the Gadarenes, the man who was with the legion of demons, ran to Jesus while he's walking down the street. See, the, the, the question I have for you is Jesus knew that he was righteous before the Father. He knew he was fully God. He knew he was fully man. Do you? When you start thinking that way, when you start allowing the mind of Christ, my God, you have God's mind in your mind. When you start thinking like this, you won't be a victim, but you are waiting for problems to come your way, but you will actually walk down the street and problems will come your way and you will actually have authority over it. This is our portion in 2021. We're not running away from problems. Where problems, they will come. Situations and storms will come our way. But guess what? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This is our portion. We're not sitting down like little wimps waiting, oh, hiding from evil spirits. No, evil spirits come to us because we need to reassign them. And you must understand, Jesus healed the man. When he healed the man, the demon lost its power. Now, Jesus shows us how he did it. And I want to take you to Luke chapter 11. This is powerful. Luke chapter 11. In Luke 11 and from verse 21 onwards, it says this. Jesus now is, is, is describing how he, he disempowers a strong man. Okay? Verse 21 says this. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace. His own palace. If an evil spirit comes and takes a person, right? and comes and lives inside a person, guess what? That person belongs to him. It's his own palace. His goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overpowers, overcomes him, he takes from him, guess what? All his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. And then he goes on to say, he who is not with me is against me and he who does not gather with me scatters. It's very important that we understand this. 
when a strong man comes and takes over your house, this strong man has an armor. Now, when you look at the, the Greek word for this word armor, it's the word panoplia. Okay. And this panoplia is two words. It's pass and hoplon. Okay. I don't know how these connect and become panoplia, but this is Greek. Okay. Uh, and so the word pass means every and the word hoplon means weapon. So the armor that Jesus is talking about is not the armor that, that you know, that, that he wears, that the, that the strong man wears, but the armor means every weapon. Every weapon. So the, the stronger man comes to the strong man and he overcomes him and he takes away his weapon. His weapon that he used against the blind man, he has a weapon that made him blind and mute. You must understand. When Jesus was in the temple, right, and he saw they were gathering, they were collecting money and they were exchanging money in the temple, in the presence of God, he got infuriated and he left the temple and he made a weapon. Please listen to me. I'm, I'm revealing how the, 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 these spirits work. They, he made a whip. He made a weapon. And he came back and he drove them all out. He didn't use the weapon against them. But he drove them out. You must understand. When you have injustice in your life. We might think that. Oh okay. You know I can get away with this. But the enemy is actually making a customized weapon. He's making it, he's creating a weapon that he trusts against you. And so when Jesus comes into the scene now, he, he overpowers the enemy because he has all power and he takes away the very thing he uses against you. Come on, powerful. He takes away the very weapon that is destroying your finances. He's destroying your health. He's destroying your marriage. He's destroying your business. He's destroying your kids. He takes away the very weapon so that no other enemy can come in and actually take that weapon and use it against you. Which means when Jesus deals with a problem, it's dealt with for eternity. Come on. Come on, church. Powerful. I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 54. This is powerful. Isaiah chapter 54. I want to read something powerful for you. Isaiah 54. And we'll read... Uh, verses 16 and 17. Now listen to this. He says, Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows on the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the spoiler to destroy. God is the one who created the destroyer to destroy and the way the destroyer destroys is he forms a weapon in the coals of the fire he forms that weapon and he uses it against people okay now verse 17 no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Come on, powerful. So here, here we have, this, this is a scenario here. We have people who live in injustice, who experience injustice, who are uh, executing their lives out of injustice and the enemy now has full right over them because he's forming a weapon and that weapon begins to destroy the marriage, destroy their finances. Little by little, wherever he sees injustice, he forms a weapon against that area. God is the one who created them. God did, there are no demons who are fighting against God. Please listen to me. The Bible says, I have created the destroyer to destroy. But, because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Come on church. No weapon, I prophesy this right now into your life. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Kidneys are being healed. 
Because right now, the weapon has been taken away. Your heart is being healed. Heart disease is being healed because the weapon is taken away. Your body is being healed because the weapon has been taken away. No more stabbing in the back because the weapon has been taken away in Jesus' name. Powerful. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. This is very powerful. The mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Man. The mind of Christ. This is very powerful. Just say the word. The mind of Christ. I receive 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 the mind of Christ. Church, I want you to be encouraged right now. A lot of times when we when we talk about evil spirits and things like that, it kind of brings like a, this dampener or like, oh, you know, am I waiting to be judged right now? I want you to know that what Jesus has dealt with on that cross for eternity has rescued you. There is no demon in hell that looks at you as a target. But I want to present an enemy to you. That you might be in captivity to. You might not be in captivity to an evil spirit because the Holy Spirit lives in you. But you can be a captive. Jesus rescued this man. He set him free. We have a responsibility as the mind of Christ on the earth to manifest that authority to set people free because there are spirits that are, that are attacking people. But as a Christian, you know, salvation means that God has rescued us. God has saved us from death into life. So every area that you would have been experiencing death in because of sin, whether it's your finances, your marriage, your, your health, whatever, your business that is not prospering, all these areas, salvation means that he has brought you out of poverty into prosperity. Your health included. Poverty into prosperity. But somehow, Christians still are in debt. Christians, Christians still are sick in their bodies. Christians are still in depression. And these are not demonic spirits. There's an enemy that has been holding us captive. And that enemy is self. That enemy is the ego man. We've been held captive to the ego man when the Spirit of God has set us free from every evil spirit that has every other evil intention. The ego man has been holding us captive in the subconscious realm. And this ego man now we have, because we're so used to the ego man, that when we became a new creation in Christ Jesus, we have not let go of that old man. We're still doing the things that we used to do. We're still thinking according to the stinking thinking that we used to have. We're still thinking according to the old man, trying to experience the new things of God. It's like they say this, you know, there's a saying in business, you know, don't, Try to do the same things expecting different results. If you want different results, try new things. Like for example, I'm trying a new color. God, God is renewing my mind in terms of color. He's a God of colors. And so that's why I, the, for the first time in my life, I'm trying something yellow. For me, the vibration of yellow is, is, is God's color that I'm encountering God in. It's the glory that I'm encountering God in. It's a whole other level of thinking because Christ in me has set me free from being limited to one color. You must understand, the ego man, ladies and gentlemen, holds us down as and enslaves us into living like the old man. And when you live like the old man, you're in bondage, you're enslaved to it and it stops us from being fruitful, multiplying, replenishing the earth and subduing the earth and having dominion over it. Why? It's because all of creation doesn't submit itself to the old man. All of creation submits itself to the new man. 
the new creation who has the mind of Christ. The biggest battle for Christians today is not overcoming demonic activity in their life, but actually overcoming the captivity and the influence of the unrenewed mind. And what I mean by that is, if you were to carefully look at your life, just you now, your thought processes, if there is, if there is fear of any degree in your mind, if, if you were to, for example, you want to try out a new food, and you're like, no, 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 I don't want to try. I'm afraid to try. I'm afraid to try out new things. I'm afraid to drive a car. I'm afraid to, uh, to go out by myself. I'm afraid something might happen to my children. I'm afraid. When we have these thoughts in our minds, these thoughts, ladies and gentlemen, are the thoughts of the ego man. When there is thoughts of low self-worth, when there are thoughts of like, I need to perform, I need to strive in order to get something. When there is fear, when there's guilt, when there's condemnation, you condemn people and you, you, you condemn yourself. And it's like you, you live in condemnation, you condemn yourself, you're never good enough. And so because nobody around you is now good enough. So you condemn people according to the condemnation that you experience on the inside. Ooh, that's a deep word. Where there's disease, where there's death, there's destruction, there's jealousy, there's envy. All of this stuff, Jesus says, are the issues of the heart. Guess where the heart is? The mind. And people say, man, you know, what is this? These church man only talking about the mind, the mind, the mind, the mind. The heart, the heart. They say only an issue, only in the heart. I didn't say it, Jesus said it. But if you were to look at your heart carefully, not look at other people and, oh, look how he's pointing at me. No, well, I, I'm, I'm here to just reveal God's word to you and what God is saying to you. But your responsibility is not to look at my heart. Your responsibility is look at your heart. Look at your heart and see if there's fear that you've been in captivity. If there's condemnation, you've been in captivity. If there's guilt, shame, your depression, captivity. Not a demonic spirit. You're in captivity to the old man. How do I look? Captivity. Who cares how you look? You look awesome. God loves the way you look. Christ loves the way you look. That's why he chose to dwell in your body. Come on, man. Stop trying to go to a doctor to cut you into a certain and sculpt you into a certain image. I want to encourage women right now. God, your creator, chose to come and live on the inside of you. You are perfect before him. If you have unhealthy habits, you're in captivity. If you allow it, it will shake you to the core. Somebody on the road cut you. And now you feel injustice has taken place. And you have to now. It triggers pride. You didn't know it existed until somebody cut you off. And maybe God was trying to reveal, hey, listen, you're in captivity to pride. And so now you have to chase that God, flash him, and then just overtake him. And then somehow you feel vindicated. Oh, it's that day today. And we think that we are the righteousness of God. Listen, Christ allowed himself to be torn to pieces. Let this mind be also in you. I see people, oh, I'm afraid I can't do this. This is such a big task. I'm afraid I cannot get into business. I'm afraid I cannot do this. I'm afraid, I'm afraid. When you think you're afraid, you're not good enough. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in captivity. You've been bound by a strong man. That old man who is a dead guy is more stronger than you who are living. Let me, let me, let me make it a little more simpler. I've got one couple of more examples for, you, for me to drive the point home. 
you know um husbands and wives have this thing you know the husbands um oh they let's say they're in a group setting and you know the husband is just saying doing whatever like a joker whatever it is but suddenly he catches a look from the wife you know that look the look the eyes that look the wife look so the look the husband the first time he's doing whatever the wife looks at him and he doesn't believe the look he doesn't listen to the look <laughs> and he continues to do whatever and on the drive back home the look starts talking and so now the next time they are in a public environment he completely forgot that part and now he's being himself and suddenly the look comes again and he looks at the wife looking at him those eyes are communicating something to him and so it's he stops behaving how he was behaving and then he changes calm down see that look you've just made your husband a captive that look you've become the strong man that has bound a man can you imagine a look has bound a man from being himself now i'm not saying that you can do whatever you want in public and please be respectful uh as a man be respectful of people that are around you listen be christ like christ doesn't act a fool christ is full of love joy he's full of peace he's kind he's gentle so if you don't want the look then be christ like see wives uh, sometimes they, they, they you know one more i have to give you one more the silent treatment if the husband does something or the wife does something the husband or the wife but i'm i we should handle this right now that can't handle this right now is captivity giving him the silent treatment or giving her the silent treatment you think you're punishing them but actually you're in captivity and because now they see you're in you're silent and you think you've done something you don't even know what you've done wrong you're trying to that's called man pleasing captivity see we don't realize how much we are captives to the old man god doesn't look at us i don't remember i don't see god giving his people the silent treatment because he's upset with them oh look they've sinned i'm going to be silent from them now it doesn't reproduce righteousness it does not produce the righteousness of god some women some wives are too scared to speak the truth to their husbands when they see their behavior is not christ like and they don't trust they don't have a a a their christ is not centered in them so that they they don't communicate christ to their husbands see kelsey i love kelsey because she's not intimidated by me she's not intimidated by my she's not my personality it does not make kelsey a captive but actually my, my our relationship our marriage is so beautiful that kelsey feels free so free around me that she at any point in time she can interrupt me and she can communicate to me and i'm not a captive i'm not in fear constantly of kelsey because of her of her feedback to me in any moment because i trust christ in kelsey she's so christ like to me and because we're so christ like to one another we don't look at feedback as captivity we don't receive it and it doesn't make us captives of one another in fact it actually makes us more christ like i we look at feedback we look at the truth of the word of god when i speak the truth to kelsey and kelsey speaks the truth to me when we're not behaving christ like in certain areas it's only we're only raising the standard of christ in our life we're saying hey listen 
this behavior, maybe when you said this, Kasi comes to me, maybe when you said this, maybe this is what you meant and that's what Christ would have meant. So maybe we need to communicate it better this way next time. And so when she does that to me, it encourages me to be more Christ-like and not more fearful of Kelsey. But I, I want to encourage husbands and wives today, you know, we can't bind each other in captivity. Guess what? If you are holding your husband in captivity by giving him big eyes and silent treatment and the husband is, is just doing whatever, he doesn't care about your feedback, guess what? You're the strong man and a stronger man is coming. And that strong man will bind your weapons. Like, you know, when I walk my dogs, um, they're on a leash. They don't understand English. They're on a leash. And when I'm walking my dogs, if, my, if buddy or champ decides now to say, I'm not going to walk with you. I want to walk on my own. I want to go. He, you know, buddy loves birds and cats and he just gets sidetracked away. Um, I only have to pull the leash once and buddy is in line. That leash communicates an intention even without me saying a word. And when we are, when we carry the mind of Christ on the inside of us, we don't have to hear God speaking to us. We just know that that behavior is not okay. And we have to allow the mind of Christ to renew, replace that old mindset. See, God has already done it for us, but the problem is that we like to dig up that old man. We like, we're so comfortable. I know the guy, man. I like the music he likes. I like the movies he watches. I like the guy. I don't know why he had to die, but I like that guy. But the problem is, the, the, the issue is that you have decided to surrender your life to God. You've decided now to give up your rights, the old man's rights. And you've decided now to take on his rights. You have the rights of Christ. You have the right to be Christ-like. You have the right to heal the sick. You have the right to cast out demons. You have the right to cleanse the lepers. You have the right to preach the gospel. You have the, you have the right to love without intention. You have the right to be joyful without a cause. You have the right to be full of faith. You have the right to be gentle. You have the right to be long-suffering around people. You have those rights. Not the rights to be disobedient. Not the rights to, be, to lack submission. Not the right, oh, I, I want to do what I want to do. No, it doesn't work like that. If you've given your life to Jesus, you do what He wants you to do. And we have to keep this in mind. The same mind that was in Jesus Christ is also in you. The way you read your Bible changes, man. The way you look at people changes. The way you have patience with people changes. It completely changes your perspective of life. You know, I used to wake up in the morning thinking, Oh my God, I have 200 messages to reply to. Oh my gosh, I have so many things that I need to do. Oh, and, and I would start my day on the back foot. But when I realized I had the mind of Christ, I stepped into this place where I wake up with Christ saying, I can reply to 200 messages, not a problem. I can cook, I can clean, not a problem. I can go do business, not a problem. I have enough of energy, I have enough of time. I have more than enough. See, the way we communicate goes from being negative and pessimistic about ourselves and about life to being really positive, to being really hopeful, to being full of joy, you know. I would love for Christians to be full of joy. Why do people go to clubs? It's so that they can experience joy. But we have the joy of the Lord and it is our strength. It is not a weakness. I don't need a drug or a drink to make me full of joy. I have joy already on the inside of me. And this joy is not a, not a little stream. It's a river. And this, is, this exists on the inside of you and me. I want you to go to Judges 
chapter 6, very quickly. We're quite familiar with this story, but I want to show you something that will bless you. Judges chapter 6, and this is the story about Gideon. And verse 11 says this, listen to the words very carefully. Now the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord came and sat under a terebinth tree, not a terrible tree, terebinth tree, which was in Oprah. This is not Oprah Winfrey, but this is the place Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the Abzerite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress. He's doing the wrong thing in the wrong place. He's in a winepress, you crush wine, uh, grapes to get wine, not wheat. So you, you can see already there's a fear issue over there, the old man. In order to hide it from the Midianites, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him. So the angel came, Gideon couldn't see him. But the angel made an appearance. He allowed himself to be seen. And said to him, the Lord is with you. Come on now. The Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. Wow. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Does it sound like Christians today? When we say God is going to bless you, 2021 is going to be the best year of your life. But man, you know, but I lost my job. But I have business, in, oh, but I'm still sick in my body. And this to you, the angel is saying, mighty man of valor, strong man. And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now, I want you to read this line very carefully. Okay? Be sharp now. Spirit of understanding is come. 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this mind of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Hello. He's having a discussion with an angel and then the Lord turns to him. It's not the Lord appeared out of nowhere. The Lord appeared in the angel and spoke to, to Gideon. Just like the mind of Christ is speaking to you right now. This is not just John, who's a pastor. The one who is communicating to you now, the word of God is the mind of Christ. Might sound like John, but it's actually Christ, the Lord communicating to you. Right. Then he says, go in this mind of yours. The Lord now is telling him, go in this mind of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Then he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest. Typical, typical. Weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. I mean, God is saying, Papa, go, I'm with you. And he's like, no, no, Lord, God, I'm the weakest. We're the smallest. I'm the least. 16. And the Lord said to him, Surely, I can guarantee you, I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You shall defeat the Midianites as one man. I want you to say this to yourself right now. I want you to say it out aloud. Christ and me are one man. Now, here he says to Gideon, I will be with you and you now will defeat the Midianites as one man. Which means it's the, it's the Lord and Gideon as one man. Oh. It's the Lord and Gideon as one man. Now instead of Gideon, put your name. It's the Lord 
and John as one man. It's the Lord and Jay as one man. Come on, just begin to say it right now. It's the Lord and Danny as one man. It's the Lord and Kelsey as one man. You've got to understand that when the mind of Christ comes into you and dwells in you, the Lord is not separate from you. You have become one with Him. You have become one man and one man with the Lord can defeat an entire army that is trying to take over your life. Every stronghold, everything that is trying to hold you as a captive in your life, guess what? The mind of Christ and you are one man. One man and you can defeat every other strong man in your life. There are many things that are, that are holding you back. There are, there are things in your life. If you were to look deep into your heart, there are issues in your life. You wake up depressed. You're going to sleep depressed. You're not eating right. You're trying to starve yourself so you can look a certain way. All of these things are captive. You're being held captive by a poverty spirit, a poverty mindset that says, oh, you don't have enough. You have a million dollars in your bank account, but it's still not good enough. And you live like a miser when you should be experiencing the abundance of heaven. But trust me, you and the Lord, one man. You and Christ, one man. Christ and you, one man. Christ in you, one man. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That glory is manifested when you and Christ become one. Not you and your habit. Not you and those eyes that look at you. Not you and the opinion of man. Trust me, this 2021, life's just global. We die to the opinions of man. Whether good or bad, it doesn't matter. We will not base our church on what people think or say about us. We base our church on what the mind of Christ says about us. You've got to come into this place where you understand you are a mighty man of valor. God chose you while you were still having issues. God considered your lack of self-worth. God considered all your habits. God considered your alcohol issues, your drug issues. God, considered, God saw the pornography that you were looking at. God saw all of that stuff. God saw how you were looking at women on the street. All of that stuff. He already saw it. And he took it into consideration that the day he rescues you out of that is going to be you and Christ as one man. And that one man is the stronger man. Come on church, just begin to prophesy on the chats right now and say, I am a stronger man in Christ Jesus. Come on, this is powerful. I want you now quickly in closing to go to Ephesians chapter 4. Very powerful. Ephesians Chapter 4. I want to read two verses to us. It's verses 7 and verse 8. Verse 7 says this, But to each one of us, grace was given. According to to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, listen to this, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Powerful. Oh my goodness. What, was this in the Bible all along? This is huge. This is amazing. He gives grace to each one according to the gift He gives you. But He says this, when He ascended on high, when Christ ascended on high, He led captivity captive. Oh, what does that mean? It means that the ability for you to be a captive was taken captive when Jesus ascended before the throne of God. Which means the enemy does not have the ability to hold you as a captive. Your old man doesn't have the ability to hold you as captive. Once and for all, for eternity, 
Jesus has led captivity, captivity captive. He's taken it away. It's gone. And then he gives you good gifts. Wow, what a God, man. He's led the very weapons that were against you, the very spirits that were against you, the very old man that was against you, that was holding you back, trying, oh, don't be like Jesus, don't be like Jesus. Let me tell you something. The ego man is the only thing in your life that will oppose God in you. Not the demonic spirit, the ego man. Yourself, old man self, will oppose God in you. It's the only thing that has the audacity to challenge Christ in you. It makes itself as equal as God. It's a very powerful thing. You must understand. There are years and years from Adam till now, the consciousness of the old man has been growing, 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 growing. And it's a very strong consciousness. But Christ, for eternity, has taken that guy captive. We today, if we are captive to the old man, we must understand what is happening. We are allowing ourselves to become captives of something that God has made a captive. We are not stepping in our own right. We are not standing in the place that God is placing us in. We are seated in Christ in heavenly places. We are not seated in the old man. We're seated in Christ in heavenly places. You know, when I read this verse, I think of the, of the times when I used to watch movies where a king would go into battle. And you know, when he would go into battle, there's a fierce battle and he wins the battle. And now when he's coming back home, he's having his victory parade. And while he's having this victory parade, now all the people in, in his, from his country are standing along the sides of the road and him and his, 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 he's holding now, he's got these guys who he is prisoners of war that are walking behind him. And now these prisoners of war are held captive and they're walking behind this king. And as this king is coming in, he's taking the gifts, that the, the, the spoils of war. That's what it is, the spoils of war. And he's distributing it to people. Hey, look, this is what, what I got from this war. Take it, gather it, gather it, gather it. Take, this is what I got for you. These are good gifts that I've got by, by taking over your enemy, by taking over your strong man. I've, I've taken over him, his house, and now I've plundered his house. Listen, God, Jesus is saying, if you go back quickly to Matthew, to Luke 11, Jesus is saying this. He divides his spoils. Who does he give it to? Us. And then he says this. He who is not with me is against me. Which means the ones who are standing on the side of the, of the road, cheering the king on, celebrating what Jesus has done, celebrating, man, we are victorious. Man, we are not held captive to these to these sins anymore. We're not held captive to the old man anymore. We're free. We're on the side of victory right now. And we're celebrating Jesus. If you're not with him, you're against him. Then he goes on to say this. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Which means that when he plunders the enemy, when he, when he overpowers the enemy, if you're not plundering what the enemy had, if you're not plundering what, what, what the enemy held captive, then you are not doing what Jesus has called you to do. What Jesus, what Christ does, is when he overpowers the enemy, listen to me, there's, the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is being stored up for the righteous. If you don't plunder it, who will? There are gifts that were given to man. There are gifts that, are, that God has given, that the enemy has, has become empowered in your life. You were, you were a great writer and now the enemy came and he, he, he had a weapon against you and he took that writing away from you and he's held it back from you. 
And now when Jesus set you free, he's given your gifts back to you. But if you don't take that gift and function in that gift, guess what? You are against him. Grace is unfair. We don't feel sorry for the enemy because we were held bound. We were held captive to him. But Jesus is saying, listen, when I set you free, go and plunder the enemy. Go and plunder his wealth. Go and plunder his house. Go and take what belongs to me. Not to you, to me. Everything that we have in life belongs to Jesus. And he wants you to have it in abundance. But you cannot separate. In 2021, you cannot separate yourself from Christ. When you pray to God, you're not praying to God, to the saints. You're not praying to God by praying through the saints and then through Jesus and then through your good works and all of these things. You are praying to God as Christ prays. Because you and Christ are one. You're one man. The new creation in Christ Jesus. You have the mind of Christ. So I want to bless you with this word. I want to declare God's love and His abundance over you. You are free. I want to declare over every single person watching or listening that you are free. Don't allow your past to hold you down. Don't be captive to your past mistakes. Don't be captive to the thoughts of people around you, but actually be captivated by what God thinks about you, what God says about you. Don't be a captive of sickness, sin, and disease of the old man, but be captivated and in awe of an awesome God. We love you. We bless you. Hey, there are awesome teams that are waiting to pray for you and prophesy over you. I want to, and if, you, if you're new and this is your first time, we have a phenomenal Connect Hub, a, a team that would love to uh, spend a few moments with you. Why don't you get online right now? Click those links uh, and, and, and chat with our awesome people and then we will see you soon sometime. Bless you. God bless. Have a victorious week in Jesus' name. Amen.